0: quick and uh and we'll get started dear god we thank you for this day we thank you for many blessings you give us and we just thank you for for everything that you do for us lord and we just ask you be with us as we go through this class and study your word allow us to take what we learned and to use it for our own personal lives but also to use it to bring others to you lord just ask that you be with all those who are sick and eat our prayers and in christ let me pray Amen. All right. So we're going to uh, continue our series um, uh, about the Holy Ghost this week. And we're looking at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Two weeks ago, I um, we went through love. And I spent the whole, the entire... Um, class that day looking at love because I think that's a, a very very important or the most important f- um, fruit that we need to that we need to look at there um, and then Bible, we look at that and the Bible speaks about that and that's kind of the number one thing we need to strive for to to look at and and, and to show so but we're, we're basing this off of Galatians 5 and I'm going to read verses 22 through 26 but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And this is kind of what we've been talking about is, is you know, Letting the Spirit and, and, and learning from the Spirit what gifts we get from the Spirit to help us lead us through our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So, like I said, we talked about love um, this week. We're going to try to hit joy, peace, and patience. I think we'll get through all three of them, and then we'll, the next couple of weeks we'll we'll get through the rest of them, and that we'll we'll look at. Um, Did anyone have any questions, comments, or anything before we go into the next three? Okay. I had a lot of feedback from the love, and one of the things that a lot of people did not realize when reading through verses on love that the love that was being talked about there was an agape love, which were a Christ-like or God-like love. A lot of people really thought that the love... That we were some of the love that we were stri- was supposed to strive for was a brotherly type love to, for one another, and so they they said they were glad of that because it helped them realize that they needed to change the way they 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 looked at and 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 dealt with people. But anyway, so we'll get into joy. Apparently, according to this, joy is is grapes, but. Uh, we're going to look at joy, and so what I'm going to do with each one of these, just like what I did with love, is I'm going to go through the Greek forms and the Greek words for, for each one of these, because I think it's important to understand the meaning behind uh, the the words that were used in the Greek language. The Greek was a very detailed language, and so I think it's important to look at those details. And I'm going to be upfront that that languages is probably one of my worst, English was my worst subject in school. And then foreign language was even worse than that. I barely made it through Spanish, so I, I will try my best. Uh, I sat and I've studied and, and listened to these over and over again, but I will uh, do my best. The word joy in the Greek, there's uh, two forms that, that's used here. I believe it's a noun ver- form and a verb form. Is kara. I can't, I can't do It's supposed to be like a rolling of the tongue when you do that. And that was one of the things I couldn't do in Spanish class either. I could not roll my Rs, so I, I can't do it here. <laughs> the, the H version, but it's like it's a kara, and then the other one is a kairo, meaning it's, it's, it describes a feeling of inner gladness, delight, or or rejoicing. But here's the thing: is it was when we think of joy, we think of happiness, right? Being happy, you know, filled with joy, th- those type of things. It's it's not just a feeling of joy, of happiness, like we think of it from, a, from an earthly standpoint. Uh, one of the, the descriptions I liked. It's not. It doesn't come from an experience. Usually, like if we're joyful, it's because we went through a joyful type experience. Someone said not, something nice to us. You know, we had a. You know, we did well on a test. We, you know, whatever. So, so you're joyful about that. This is not that that same thing of being joyful in a circumstances. This is being joyful because of who we are and who's in us. One of the, the definitions I've liked, is said if, if you want to look up the, the definition of joy, don't go to the dictionary, go to the Bible. That is where the, a true definition of joy actually is. And so joy is God's very essence. It, it's, it is who he is, and so it's a supernatural gift that is given to us whenever we receive the Holy Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it's one of those things that we're joyful, no matter what our circumstances, is we're joyful because who we are. And we're going to look at some of these verses. The first thing that I have around joy is that it's inexpressible. And we can look at 1 Peter 1, verse 8 for this. It says, You love him even though you have, not, have never seen him, though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. And that is the joy that we you know. We can say we're happy or joyful, then we know why. Right? We can explain why I was happy, why I was joyful. But the joy we are to celebrate or to have in Jesus is something that we can't even understand or, 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 or express. It's something that you, know, you can't. It's so wonderful that you're not able to actually express how that joy makes you feel of, of being one with God and, and, and receiving the gift of, of His joy. Second, we are to be joyful or have joy in persecution and hardship. And this is where we, we go away from the world's definition of joy, right? If you look at the world's definition of joy or happiness, it is something we are to have while we're having fun, you know, things that are good for us, you know, it doesn't, you know, the world's not going to say, okay, well, you should be happy when bad things happen to you, but the Bible says that. So if we look in James 1 and 2, and I I got two different versions of this, in James 1, verse 2, the New Living Translation says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So this is what I like, the... I like the reference that it's called a lot. The Bible has what we call a reverse economy, right? In the fact that things that we think outside of the Bible should make sense are flipped on our head inside the Bible and we're told differently. So in, in the world, we're told that you were not to be joyful when something bad happens to you. If someone's persecuting you, you know, coming after you, you should not be joyful in that. But then the Bible turns around and says, Well, you should be, and there's a reason you should be. Because you're being persecuted for for being Christ-like, for worshiping God, for going after him. So you should be joyful in that. Uh, The New American Standard says it this way, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. We're to have joy in repentance now, this example here of joy and repentance is is not from us, even though we are to follow the go ahead oh it, a very hard I mean we can go back to that that. I mean, and you, and you think of who he was writing to at this time. I mean, these were people who were being fed to lions. These were people who were being beheaded. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you're going to get to go into a coliseum, and you're going to get thrown to a lion. Be joyful about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have fun, you know. And, and so, yeah, that, that is, there's, a, there's, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and I don't think that this is a, you know, while someone is is you know, hurting you or 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 you know, that, I mean, although we could use, my um, mind just went completely blank. Um, who was it? Uh, Stephen, stoning of Stephen. You know, I mean, you look at he was being stoned, and he looks up to heaven while being stoned. You know, and 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 you know, it, it's it's a it's a surreal moment because anyone else would have been trying to fight back. You know I mean? We're, we're going to get out, you know, do what we can to survive. And, it, and it's just, it's one of those things, but I don't think, you know, I don't think he was truly happy about it. Right. I don't think he was saying, Oh boy, I'm getting stoned. This is great. You know, but it was still in, in the, I think I think you're right. I think that's a good point, that that, that was one of those things where there, there's a difference between sitting and watching something and standing and watching. I mean, if you're at a football game, right, if you're just sitting and watching the game, it's probably boring, right? It's not real exciting. It's not something that you're – go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and, and, and I think that's the same – kind of the same thing today. You know, we stand whenever, you know – yeah, you know, a standing ovation, right? That if you stand and clap for someone, that is showing that much more approval for whatever w- happened, or speech, or whatever performance was just given, or something that just happened. So I I, th- I think that. But even in that, you know, he was still joyful. You know, I mean, I I think part of the joy would have been from seeing actually seeing heaven and seeing Jesus standing there. You know, I, I think you're gonna there's a joyfulness that comes from that, just from seeing that. But, but. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. right. Yep. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. This does not mean be happy when bad. Like to truly be like thrilled when bad things happen. That's that's almost sociopathic type. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but it's to, un- to understand that. The things, especially the things that were happening to them during this time, um, the reason why it was happening, we're there to be joyful in that. All right, joy and repentance, and this is one I think we need to look at a little bit sometimes and, and and practice, and and not always, but there's a lot of times I've seen this, but we are to be joyful when someone comes forward. There's there's repentance, or someone gives their lives to Christ. If we look in Luke 15:7. It says, in the same way there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. And then he goes on further in verse 10 to say, in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. I I think sometimes we struggle with this one, of, of being joyful when someone repents. What's usually sometimes the first thing that goes through our mind when we see someone come forward and repent? (laughs) Oh, no, here we go again. So-and-so messed up. Judgment, right? Like, I can't believe they did that. I do think something... I think that's a little bit of human nature, right? We see someone who's messed up or or done something wrong, I think human nature is to maybe sometimes um, to go to that, to go to that uh, that default of, well, I can't believe they did that, you know. And and we're to be actually joyful, not joyful in what they did, but joyful in the fact that, hey, they realized what they did, and they've turned around either to, to come back to God or to give themselves to God in the first place. I know <clears throat> there was, I remember one church we used to go to, and when someone would come forward and get baptized, there'd be like 15 to 30 people would walk out the back door. And wouldn't even stick around, and that that always bothered me, because I mean I mean you should be coming up to the front because this is something you should want to see, and it was they did they just they were busy they didn't have time to sit around and wait for someone to change and be baptized and and then you know get changed again and then you know the fifteen to twenty minutes that it take you know all those type of things and it was a very inconsiderate very selfish type attitude and I think we need to be joyful or Obviously, we're instructed that we need to be joyful when someone comes forward and repents. Maybe if we were joyful or 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 more responding in a joyful way when someone came forward, we would be more likely to to repent and to go to one another about things and and because they we see that they understand and that they're happy for us because we are working and trying to get through this. And then, lastly, we are to rejoice always. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I I agree that yeah that should be yeah definitely from both sides. And I but I think to that I think if if we don't respond correctly with joy, we can steal the joy of that repentance away. Right? If someone's coming forward and, repent, and repenting and and someone's judging them or you know saying bad things to them or calling them out like oh yeah you did that again. Then that takes away that that joy of their their own reprent, repentance as well. All right, rejoice always, and I think everyone kind of has this one memorized or, or or knows this one. Philippians four four, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. I think the New American Center says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And so, this is something, and you're going to see a theme here, the 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 through all these fruit is always and everyone there, there's going to be these two themes of always and everyone that you'll see depending on um, the, the particular fruit all right any questions comments on joy all right the next one is peace and peace is a peach so Georgia must be peaceful <laughs> Oh, goodness. So the Greek word here for peace, and I really like this one, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this one. Um, The Greek word, the noun version is irene, and the verb version is, oh, goodness, I thought I had it down here, irenuo, irenuo. (laughs) I'm horrible with these. But what I like about this, these come from the verb iro in Greek. And this verb means to join or bind together. So the peace that we receive from God through the Holy Spirit is a peace that binds us together with God. And what this demonstrates is the separation we have. When we sinned, when sin came into the world, there were separations. So we were, we were separated, we were split from God. Through salvation, we are, we are brought back into peace or we are bound back together with God. I, I, I like that 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 the picture of that um, of that version of you know when we think of peace, we either think of two people not fighting, or like resting and relaxation. And, and so the, the the definition term here is a sense of inner rest, well-being, and harmony. Yeah. So this, this is, again, a gift of the Holy Spirit... Uh, Spirit uh, I'm sorry, a fruit of the Holy Spirit that is gifted to us, right? That, that, that shows us that, that we are to, to come out of or show as part of having the Holy Spirit. And the first thing about peace is that we are called to peace. We look in uh, Colossians 3.15, And let the peace that comes from Christ in your hearts, For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So not only are we to have an inner peace, right? But we are to to live that out. We are to, to live in peace with who? Everyone. We'll look at that here in a minute. But it's a peace that comes from Christ that rules in our heart, and the only way we're going to have true peace with anyone is through Christ. You know, people might sign peace treaties, right? But they still hate each other. They're just saying, "Okay, we're just not going to kill each other now," right? You know, there's that. You know, and the true peace that we see that we see in God that that takes a, a almost a supernatural reconciliation. Um, I think of, you know, when, when you think of, of peace or, or, or bringing back together, I, think, I always think of the stories of the families who their, their child is murdered and they go along and end up uh, making peace and then forgiving the person that murdered them. Even I think in one case they, they even adopted the one who, who you know. And so that, that is a supernatural peace. That is not, a, that is not natural in, in, in our human ability. And that only that something like that only comes from God. It exceeds all understanding. If we look in Philippians four verses six and seven, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live. In Christ Jesus. So, kind of back to what I what I was just talking about with forgiving someone who murdered your own son. No one understands that. I mean, you look at the like you look at those articles, and then you read the the comments about those articles. If someone shares it or something like that, no one understands that. They'll, they'll call them crazy. They'll call them you know just insane. <laughs> I mean, a lot of different things. No, it's, un, it's it's hard, almost impossible to understand unless you're part of God and understand. But it still exceeds, I I think it even exceeds us who who can forgive and and have peace. I think it it exceeds even our own ability to understand sometimes. And then finally, or not finally, live in peace with everyone. We just talked about that. Romans 12, 18. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Is that just the people we like? Or people who think like us? I think we struggle, I know I struggle with this one sometimes. I, I think we struggle with this one. We're Hebrews 12:14. Go ahead.
1: The um, New American Senate said, as far as is possible within yourself, yeah. be at peace with that yeah. one. There are some people in the world who absolutely are not going to let you be at peace with them. Yes. And, yeah. and I think that's why he phrases it that way. Do all you can do personally. Yes. But yeah. but there, there are going to be some times where there's just some people that not going to
0: allow you to do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you, you
1: do the best you can.
0: And move on. Yeah. I mean, if someone comes in here and attacks me, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to live at peace with you and walk away. I'm going to fight back. <laughs> and then when I'm done, I'll try to live at peace. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but, anyways. But no, that. And then we see that too. Do all that you can, and then, um, and then Hebrews 12:14. Work at. This is not something that that you know is is going to happen just magically, right? You have to work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see it. The Lord, this is not something that, you know, just going to happen, right? You're not going to just, oh, I've, I was baptized. I come up out of the water. I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now my fruit is automatically I'm peaceful with everyone. I mean, it's not going to be something like, like the previous verse. You're going to have to you do all you can and work at it, but there's going to be times where, you know, based on other people's reactions and things to you, that you're not going to be able to do that. And then finally, we must pursue it. So kind of going along with that, that doing everything you can, we must pursue peace. It's something that we have to go after. We look at Romans 14, 19. So then we pursue, pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. We have to. So not only do we pursue peace, we, we pursue the things that make for that peace. And then in 1 Peter 3.11, he's talking about um, a a passage here. He says, he must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. It is not something that's just going to come to you. It's something you're going to have to go after with everyone. I mean, I think especially nowadays, it seems like everyone's in in, in a natural state of defense, right? It's, you know, everyone's... Almost gonna not be in a peaceful mode and when you go and talk to them about almost anything anymore, right? You could I mean we got people <clears throat> getting in fist fights over a mask on our face. And, and so this is something that especially I think in this day and and a lot of days and in the age, right? is you're gonna to have to seek it and you're gonna to have to pursue it. All right, finally, any questions, comments on go ahead.
1: Back to Hebrews? Yes. Yeah, But sorrowful, yet, this is the part where, you know, I I had a hard time wrapping my head around all that stuff, because it was long-term, right? Yet those who have been trained by it, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So, once it's that long-term thing, you've got to keep at
0: it. I think so, and one of the things, and and I probably should focus on this a little bit more, is is it seems like each fruit here of the Spirit kind of builds upon and brings the, to the other. So love is, you know, love brings joy, and then patience, peace, I'm sorry, patience. And, you know, and, and so it's like they build on each other. And I like, that's what I like about that scripture, is it talks about, the, the, the mentions the different fruit, and then how it leads to that, that peace. And so, go ahead.
1: Um, talking about seeking peace and pursuing it in Matthew 5, Verse 9, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Yeah. So yep. When we pursue in peace, I think part of it is trying to make peace with people yes. or, or help people make peace themselves.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that that is something we, we have to, to, to do a better job of, of making maybe peace with, with the world. I think sometimes we've, <clears throat> not say, I mean, we're going to be enemies with the world, but I think sometimes we've contributed to that a little bit. You know, instead of making peace, we've just kind of inflamed things or made it worse. Instead of, you know, instead of having a Christ-like reaction to some of the things we've, in our human nature, had not a very peaceful reaction. And and that's understandable, but it's things we have, that's something we have to work on. And then, finally, patience. So patience in the Bible is a green apple, it looks like. The patience word here, and I'm gonna the, I'm really going to probably butcher this, but I'll, I'll try it anyways. It's markrothrumia. Markrothrumia is I think how you say that. That's a very long Greek word. But this is the patience, forbearance, long-suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs. This version or this Greek word for peace, I'm sorry, patience, is in dealing with people. So whenever they're talking about patience in the fruit of the Spirit. It is talking, it, it, and the reason it uses this version is because if you read the whole whole chapter there, he is talking about dealing with people. And so that is the piece. Now, there's also two words for patience in Greek as well, which is Hupomino. Hupomoneo. Hupomoneo, thank you. <laughs> How's that next one said? Hupomona. Mona, yeah, Hupomona. So. And this is a verb and noun form. And these, this version, or this word for patient, is dealing with a circumstance. So the previous one is for use with dealing with people. And the second Greek version, or the word here, is dealing with, with patience in a circumstance. And, and the full
1: meaning of that is <clears throat> that it, it is a perseverance that endures to the end yes. until it sees the victory. Right. It doesn't quit. It right. doesn't give up.
0: Endurance, patience, long-suffering. Um, I, th- I think what were some other words that were in? I can't remember all of them. But, yeah, but like that said, so anything that leads you to a final resolution or end of, that, of whatever you're going through, either with a person or with, in a circumstance. And so, just like we're to be joyful, we are to be patient in affliction or persecution. So here's Romans 12, 12, which has joys in it. Rejoice in it. Rejoice in our confident hope. <clears throat> Excuse me. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Now this is the, the hypomeneo, which is be patient in the in, in circumstances that, you're, that you are in. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.4 We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness and all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. And this is that same great, this is hypomaniae, which is again patience in, in, a, in a situation. It's hard. This is probably my hardest one, is being patient. Helen, just was, we were just actually talking about that in the foyer. Um, I'm not a very patient person. I like for things to get done. I like them to get done quickly. I don't like having to wait around a lot for, for things. I like things to be efficient and done, you know, and so I'm not very patient when it comes to things, either situations or circumstances or people. And this is something that, that I have to work on a lot. And I, and I think in the society that we live in today, patience is, is, is less and less, right? We, we, everything's been sped up. It's faster. It's, you know, and so a microwave society, as, the, as, the, as they call it, you know, so we expect everything in a, in a minute. You know, A minute rice, all of those things. And I don't make rice on the stove anymore because I don't want to have to spend 15 minutes cooking rice on the stove. I like, I can put it in a bowl and stick it in the microwave and be done in a minute. And so, I like that. We are to be patient, excuse me, with everyone. And again, this follows that theme of everyone, always, everything Brothers and sisters, we urge you, 1 Thessalonians 5.14, I'm sorry. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. And so these just list the the things that a lot of us aren't patient with, right? Lazy people. Someone who's not going to, you know, you want someone to do something, do it fast or do it right. And they're just, yeah. Timid. You know, timid people sometimes, you can, you can you know, it's like, you, you, I, I lose my patience with them sometimes, I'm like, just say what you're going to say, you know, don't, you know, timid people tend not to be, you know, have conflict, they kind of beat around the bush, you know, and, and I, can, I can lose my patience. People who are weak, sometimes people who are strong have a hard time understanding or, or dealing with people who are weak, for whatever reason, <clears throat> we can lose our patience, we sometimes lose our patience with brothers who are weak, right? Brothers or sisters who are weak. People, Christians who who are weak, right? They mess up and we can lose our patience with them for messing up. I think sometimes we've got to remember that in some of these circumstances we used to be there and that's where we have to learn to be patient with everyone. And then we need to be patient in the coming of the Lord. And I think this one gets harder every day. we look in James 5, 7, and 8, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. And I, and I think, you know, you see a lot of Christians sometimes say, and, and I understand it, it's like, well, I wish the Lord would just go ahead and come back and, and deal with all these people, right? And that's, I
1: think that part of waiting eagerly for him is, is that idea. You yep. can still be eager for him to come, but wait patiently. Yeah, in the yeah.
0: yeah, there's nothing wrong with being eager for that. But sometimes I think our attitude or reasoning for wanting him to come back is so that, that some of the people out there who will get what they deserve, right? Or, and I think some of us, too, is we just don't want to live through it anymore. It's like, come on. I don't want to do this. But he talks about in 2 Peter 3 9 why he doesn't. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think, or some people count slownesses in, in other versions. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent or come to repentance. And that is why. We are to be to be patient. And, and, and this kind of follows into to everything we've, we've kind of been talking about. Like I said, each thing builds on another. And as we apply each fruit to our lives and show those, that, then they're going to come out. But the, the, the main thing is being patient. Why? Why are we to be patient? Because we want other people to let's come to him as well. Our attitude should not be, Lord, I want you to hurry up and come back so that, you know, all these other people get what they deserve. Or, you know, now I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting God to come back so we can get to heaven, right? Or, you know, so we don't have to live through through things on this earth. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if your attitude towards it is so people will, will get what they deserve or, you know, people will be punished, then then I think that's the wrong attitude. And I think sometimes that's what's led us to some of our own attitude toward the outside world sometimes. We should be Right, Our attitude should be, all right, let's try to get as many people as we can converted before the Lord does come back. I mean, each year, obviously, it's getting closer and closer. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're 2,000 years, getting close to 2,000 years past his crucifixion and resurrection. So, you know, he, he's, he's, it's it's going to be happening now. It could, could be another 1,000 years. We don't know. It
1: could be another 10,000 years. Yeah. But we're all getting closer yep. because I'm... I'm considered a senior citizen. I'm not going to live probably another 90 years. No. And and, and so that's an eye blink. Yep. So, yeah, we're all getting closer to we're all, our, yeah. you know, our meeting the Lord. Yep.
0: And so we, we've got to learn to be patient. And like I said, this is the one I struggle with the most is patience with, with people in circumstances. and circumstances. And I think it's just because I'm always, I like to go 100 miles an hour almost all the time. And, and so when other people don't want to go 100 miles an hour, I, I struggle with that. But that's kind of the, the patience. Any, any comments or questions or insights into that?
1: Yeah. One of the things I think, one of the hardest people we have to be patient with is ourselves sometimes. <clears throat> and, and that can, the devil can use that against you if you're not careful.
0: I agree with that. I think, and I think in today's society it's, it's, it's much worse. Because, what do you? I mean, you know, if you're on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter or any of these, the TikTok now. I was gonna say TikTok shows the best, or I mean, are they? You kind of show the best of. You know, usually when you put a picture out there, you you put a picture of your best side, right? The best filter, the best everything that you can come up with. Now TikTok, that's not the case. I mean, people put some crazy stuff out there. So I'm gonna stick with the the first three. But anyways, when someone posts about Facebook, when they post about on Instagram, what do they always try to do, right? They always try to show their best side, like everything's perfect. We don't see the behind the scenes stuff. And so I think what dad was just talking about there, but being patient with ourselves, when we're going through stuff, you know, trying to recover from something or trying to going through a hard time, you know, it's like, well, man, everyone else can get through this with no problem but here I am struggling and I can't get through it, you know, I must be some kind of loser or just, you know, worthless, and and, and so we, we lose patience with ourselves in those circumstances based on the lie, I would say, or the the misinformation that other people are putting out there, right? Because we know, and I wonder sometimes what it would look like, well, I don't know, some people do this, but if we put everything out on Facebook, right, you know, I'm, I'm going through a really hard time right now, you know. But, but people don't tend to like that, and so we don't want to throw that image out there. But I do think we need to get better, though, as, as just Christians in, in, in general, in, in the, as the church in general, of not trying to do that in our lives, of showing, trying to show that everything's perfect, oh, I have everything together. <clears throat> I think sometimes that will push people away more than anything else. You know, if you're trying to convert someone, but you go around and you look like, you know, I have it all together, or, you know, I don't, I don't hardly sin, you know, I do everything I can, I'm, you know, very righteous, and look at me, then that's going to, if you're trying to work with someone or convert someone, then I think that can push them away. Now, I'm not saying you go and do all kinds of stuff to show that you're just, you can be, you know, but, but I think we need to show that we're not perfect and that we are human. But the one thing I think, and I talked about this, with all of these, with, with, with all the fruit, Right, that's hard to say in a, in a singular plural. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want uh, Steve to yell at me again. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, I'm just playing. But no, that is, that is uh, it's a little hard. But anyways, if we look at all the, the, the different fruit of the Spirit, right? They all, all, these three things, I, I think, apply to every single one of them. And you see this repeatedly through them as the Bible talks about them. It's either you're to have it in all things or all circumstances, and that goes to love, to joy, to peace, to patience, what we're, we're up to now. With all people, you are to love all people. You have to, you know, you have to, to joy with all people. I don't know if that applies, but, but maybe in all situations and dealing with people. Peace and patience apply to that as well. And then thirdly, you need to pursue them. You should pursue love. You should pursue, pursue joy, peace, and patience. These are not all things that just because I have, you know, it's like, I think sometimes people think, well, you received the Holy Spirit, so now you're automatically just going to show that fruit. right? No, it's something you're going to have to work towards and something you're going to have to go after. It should be a little bit easier since the Holy Spirit and God's on your side. But that's just kind of a an interesting thing that i think that you see as you go through all of these any final comments i'm about four minutes ahead of time any final comments or insights or questions or thoughts i can pause for a couple more minutes <laughs> all right well we'll get out a little early that's there's nothing wrong with that i don't think but um now, I hope I hope you're all liking this. I, I like this because, and, and the reason why I'm going through these, and I think maybe sometimes this is a little boring digging into the details of the Greek and everything, but I think it helps us get a better understanding of what these words truly mean and the meaning that was behind them. You know, I mean, when we when we think about, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those things, we, we tend to go to the worldly side of it first, right? The what we see, what the world says these things are. And if you dig into the, the, the Greek and what the, the meaning behind the Greeks, the versions of these and what they were mean, talking about, like Dad talked about, mostly it's an inner thing. It's always inner. And it should come out of us. But it's important to understand the, the, what God means by love and joy and peace and patience versus what the, what the world means. You know, love, joy, peace, and patience is, is very different in the world than it is in Christ. You know, love is, I love you if you love me. Joy is, you know, I'll be joyful when I'm, things are worth being joyful for. You know, peace is, I'll, I'll make peace with you if you make peace with me type thing, you know. Same thing with patience, right? We will be patient with those who deserve our patience, right? And so, that looks completely different. That the reverse economy of the Bible and, and of God looks completely different from a biblical standpoint. All right, so we'll go through, I think, three or four more next week. I think we'll probably